0: Okay, today we'll be learning Daft Vav, as Andrew mentioned, in Maseches Chagiga. Uh, Andrew, um, turn the page a little bit. Welcome back. Uh, without you, you're the wind beneath our wings. Uh, we got a little carried away. So we are two lines up from the bottom of Yadalad Amad Aleph. Story time. Here we go. Oh, my God. Barry, you missed his face. It was precious. The, the Gemara had asked, we had just said that there were no honest men left in Yerushalayim. Well, no, we said the opposite, really, that... Um, the 18 curses. This is a very logical place to stop, Andrew, because um, the Navi Yishayahu had mentioned 18 curses that were going to befall in the Churban of Yerushalayim, and the last of those curses was that the the Nudniks and the those of like um, clowns and and disrespect were going to dominate and rule over ultimately the people, the Ere people, people, we would call, who would listen. Okay, that's basically the 18th and last Klala. And then we made a comment that there were, however, some honesty. The last bedrock, the last thing you can hold on to that can exist when nothing else does is honesty, is the truth. And so, however, that assertion is challenged because says the Gemara, Amana, <speaking in Hebrew> that no, that, that even those people of truth... What was the truth, Andrew? They said, the truth that, that was quoted in the Gemara was that at least they said, we are not um, eligible to be leaders. In other words, there were some, you know, yeshiva guys, somebody to our left, and people said, okay, well, the real Gedolim have gone, but can you at least lead us? And they said, no, we are not worthy. And so the Gemara says, that was true. They weren't worthy. And the Gemara asked, well, wait a minute. Maybe they... We're kind of, that maybe they were just trying to, um, get out of it. He said, no, we said they, they were trying to tell the truth. But now we're saying, uh, statement of Rava that even Bala that even truth was destroyed, right? Even people who are saying truth, Shanema, because, because the Pasuk, in fact, says, <clears throat> in your meo, go on to the streets of Ishmael, this is post, right? apocalypse, Yerushalayim, um, post-destruction, and look in the streets and see. It's basically Hashem challenging, right? Saying, I defy you to find one person, that can do mishpat, or is truthful in any way. If you can find that, I will forgive, and there will be no destruction. This is immediately prior to the calamitous destruction of Yushalayim. So, sounds from there, implication that there were no people of truth. So, my answer is low kasha. Return to your Dalai base, And we have an incredible uh, answer. Ha B'deva Torah, Ha Bamaso Matan. Of Katina's statement, when he says people were truthful, he means they were truthful because they said that they did not have Torah knowledge. So that was the truth. However, when it came to business dealings, there was nobody dealing in kosher money. Everybody look at the podcast, Kosher Money, uh, featuring Andrew uh, Singer. Um, that's the penultimate one, the one right before the most current one. And so that is the last frontier, Andrew. When Once there was no longer near me, oh, anybody who dealt, right, that's what they ask you when you go to Shemaim. Did you deal with Amuna, Asakta Ben right? The Masa Matan, that was taken away. So once you lose your business integrity... That's when Yerushalayim was destroyed. That is what was referred to in the Yirmiyo uh, statement, right? So it's true. You could have the destruction and you could have people who are honest about whether they know Torah or not, but the for, the foretelling of the destruction of Yerushalayim, it, it, it was contingent. If you could find one person with business integrity, I will save Yerushalayim. So... We're safe. We got Andrew Singer over here in Baltimore. Okay. We got other problems, though. Be'ezot uh, HaShem. Maybe we be zocha to have integrity in Torah and in business. Okay. Fine. So now, we, meant, we mentioned before, right, the story is about whether you can... Uh, learn Meis and Some Gedolim were hesitant to teach it. Some Gadolim were hesitant to learn it. Let's go back to Taner Baran. Meis, Reb Yochanan Ben-Zakai, Shai Rocha Al chamor by B'derech, Rabbi Elozim Ben-Arach, Mechamer Arach Mechamer means Rabbi Elozim Ben-Arach was like walking behind the donkey, guiding it forward. Fine. So Reb Elozim Ben-Arach says to Rabbi Yochanan zakai right, who is on the chamor, Rebbi, he wants to learn the Maisei the, Merkava. The didn't I teach you, right? Or expound, right? Because this is really our Mishnah. That you're not really supposed to learn it. You have to be a big scholar. And then, even once you're a big scholar, it's not the kind of thing that I'm going to teach you. It's the kind of thing that once you're a big scholar, you kind of learn it on your own you got to come to it on your own through your own erudition. That's basically what's going on. So, said, let me teach you something that you've already taught me. May I, permission, please, may you grant me permission to teach you something that I actually learned from you. I'm a low, i Okay, sure, right, go ahead. This is, he's trying to teach him something. He's giving a sample of my Samarkava. Okay. Now, fine. So, it is a little bit of a conundrum over here because, Marsha, as the Marshall points out, well, this is interesting. <laughs> it contradicts Rabbi Yochanan's own statement, right? Rabbi Yochanan said you're supposed to come about it on your own, and yet it seems to be that Rabbi Yochanan had taught him something already of this. So maybe he um, teased it out, right, from something that he was taught from Rabbi Yochanan. Be that as it may, he was about to tell him something about right his own Rebbe. Try to kind of chazar over, if you will, right? Repeat something that he had gleaned from his Rebbe with regards to Maisel Merkava. So, as a, as a good Rebbe, attentive Rebbe would do, Rebbe Yochanan Benzakai is about to listen to his Talmud. Amalo emar. However, just as his Talmud was about to tell him, miyad Rebbe Yochanan In other words, in preparation to hear what his Talmud has to say, the Rebbe, Rebbe Yochanan Benzakai, stops the donkey, stops what he's doing, and he says, and he gets off the donkey, covers himself, wraps himself in a garment, sits on a stone under an olive tree. Right? A lot of allegory here about it. But basically, he's getting himself emotionally, mentally, physically, completely into the zone, if you will, to prepare to hear this esoteric teaching. So, Amar, why are you getting off the donkey? So Imanu. He said, Is it, what, am I going to be casual about this? Like we're going to just... Like we're like we're two people um, on a road trip. Uh, you're gonna say kava and the shechina is gonna be with us. Apparently, right? Once you hit these esoteric ideas, right? The shechina is with you. I mean, it's really with us when you're learning anything. But I guess even more so uh, these esoteric things. We have the malache Shars with us. Right, and I'm going and I'm gonna be riding this donkey. So. Yeah, so Rebbe and thought that made sense. He sees that his Rebbe is getting super prepared to hear what he has to say, so he opens up his mouth and starts to darshim. eish mina shamaim v'sibcha, right, like saviv. A fire comes down from shamaim, surrounds all the trees in the fields, and patchuk hulan all of a sudden all the trees are starting to sing song, it's almost like, right, moment of Sinai, where all the creation around is starting to sing a song, Mashiur Amru, and we even know what the song was. It was Halus Hashem Arts, and even Chalta Mos, Eitzviv Chol Arizima Lukah, right? Psukim so from Tehillim, singing all these songs. Um Some say it was from from Diver Yamin. Be that as it may, Nanem Malach uh, Mina Eish VeAmar, out of the fire here, Malach saying, Hein Hein Makava, yeah. Certainly, you're learning Maestro Merkava now. Oh well, yeah, that that that's a, usually a good sign that you're learning it for real, Andrew. When you see, when, when all of creation starts singing around you, you see a big old fire surrounding you. By the way, Rabbi Yochanan earlier, Rabbi Yochanan had wanted to learn it, right? What was it? Rabbi Yochanan, this, uh, uh, this clearly indicates, Rabbi Yochanan was already aware of Maestro Merkava. We had seen other examples when Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yochanan, where they didn't want to, Pass it along, right? Um, but anyway, it's not for now. This, this, this was obviously, you know, if you follow the uh, the chronology, so this was obviously already at a point where Rabbi Yochanan had already my simar kava, and he already had talmidim that uh, that were coming coming into their own in my simar kava as well. Anyway, at this point, Ahmad Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and Shachal Rosho, Yochanan ben Zakkai. Kissed his Talmud on his head. The Wow. Baruch Hashem. We have here a Avram Avinu descendant who understands Maysamarkava. It's it's amazing, right? Because after all, Karsh Barhu is out in the heavens. It's almost inconceivable that human beings would be able to reach a level of comprehension of Maysumer merkava And yet, look at this. We have we have uh, in our lineage that we're able to do it. Yesh No The those, by the way, and he goes on to praise his Talmud, the those who know how to be, they're good speakers, but they're not really that great in practice. No There's some who they know we'll call it Halacha, right? But not great, right, orators. You are great. You understand it well, you know Halacha well. And you speak well, and you're saying over my cover. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. And again, praise, praiseworthy, right? When you have this kind of Tamachacham, everybody who led up to it is also praiseworthy. And so, this is a great schuss for all of Khalil that we had a ben who really figured it out. Meanwhile, Ab Yochanan himself, obviously, um, knew these things as well. And, uh, and, and we're, we're, we have a s'chus to have them all in our lineage, and to have it all written here. Now, when all these things were related to Yeshua, um, they were walking along the road in Amru, and they said, "Now they were also Talmudim of Yochanan ben Zakkai." The Yeshua ended up being um, Rabbi Akiva was a Talmud of we know Nachum Gamzu, but also of Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua was a great, great Tanna, and anyways, but Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was like the uh Avos at Tanaim over there, and they said to them, right? So Af on right, so then he says Af on need Rosh Maysim Merkava. So they heard this story and they said maybe we could also learn Maysim Merkava. Pasach Rebbe Yeshua and Darsh Rebbe started the story. Now it was in the summer, so in Israel in the summer it never rains. Just to give you context, Andrew. If you opened up, uh, my dear friend and neighbor, Rabbi Isaacson Shlita, the Rosh Hashiva of Meveseret, always likes to say, we I mean, turned on the radio one time and it said, Mezegavil Kites. The weather today, it's summer. What do you think the weather is? It's hot, dry, no rain. However, on that particular day, when they were learning my summer all of a sudden you sing clouds, rain clouds, and it looks, and you see a rainbow right all the angels are coming to listen right just like people gathering around uh, the middle of the circle on the kala. right everybody's like uh, like a whole a whole um, a whole group is coming to 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 collecting to see that's how the clouds were collecting and the angels were collecting so afterwards right so we see that Yeshua was no slouch either, right? When he, he was making it rain, right? He was talking, mice and, Merkava and all and rainbows and angels everywhere, okay? So they related to Riochim Metzachek again. He was still b'chaim. And Similarly to them, Riochim Metzachek said, You see? See how fortunate you are. How fortunate those who gave birth to you. How fortunate are my eyes, I was able to see. And as we mentioned before, Above all that, I and all of you, right, we were all seated at Harsi. And all this heavenly voice resounded to us from Shemaim saying to us, Alulachan, Alulachan, come rise up. Here we have like a, a dining hall. Elegant couches are prepared. You're all invited. Come, you and all of your disciples, all of your students, to the third divisions. The third divisions, well, you got to look and um, we have here a quote in the article of the Marat because the first division are those um, who are content with pshat. The second division are looking at the um, to guide, to get some guidance and hidden light. So not just psh, Pasha Pshat, but also a little more guidance. And then the third is just the deep, the deep, right? And therefore, they have to hit that deep, deep room, right, um, like when Barry walks into a restaurant. So when I walk into a restaurant, they, they have me, when I walk into, uh, they, they have me seated like off to the side. Andrew walks into the restaurant, they have him seated like in a prime seat right in the middle. Barry walks into a restaurant, they say, we have a special chamber for you, a private room on the inside. Right. So, just the three levels. Um, and so these, these, um, Tamil HaChacham were able to achieve those, those, uh, those deep levels. Okay. Now, there's a Bryce, there's a detail in the story that we're going to challenge here. Aini. <laughs> there were three times that the Mysore Kava were, right, three big Shiurim. Rabbi Yeshua, Herzad, Varm, Lachner, Rabbi Yochon, and Zakai. Rabbi Yeshua, as we mentioned, Said the Ma'aseh Markava stories in front of Rabbi Yochanan of Midzak. Rabbi uh, Kiva here told from Rabbi Yeshua, as we said, Rabbi Yeshua was one of Rabbi Kiva's uh, rebbeim. So Rabbi Kiva would say it in front of Rabbi Yeshua. bin ben here to from Rabbi Kiva, and then one of Rabbi tell me Chananya ben Chachinai, learned in front of Rabbi Kiva. However, Ilor Belazar ben Arach lo kachashiv after having said these stories. We don't have a recollection in the Brisa, or B'lazim and Arach, telling this story to Rabbi and Zakkai, Our original story with the donkey, when he, when Rabbi and Zakkai got off the zon- donkey, why is that episode not mentioned as one of the three episodes where Ma'isim Recover was expounded on in the um, right in the Brisa? So the Gemara says the artsiva artsu Yeah, the Brisa is only talking about um, those who not only taught. Not only learned, but taught. In other words, the ma'aseh merkava. So again, so we have we have um, incidents, or we have um, evidence of all of these three mentioned in the B'risa where those Tamita chachamim, those gedolim, those tanaim, both taught and learned it. With Rabbi Lazar ben arch we only have really evidence of him having learned it, but we don't know that he necessarily taught it to anyone. Okay, the Gemara says, We don't know anybody um, who, who learned with either. So he say, no, yeah, but he was at least someone who learned it in front of someone who learned it in front of someone else. Right? In other words, he's mentioned here because Rabbi Akiva was in order to illustrate that Rabbi Akiva taught it. In other words, we know that Rabbi Shua learned it right, from Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. And we know that Rabbi Yochanan, was, right, and we know that Rabbi Akiva learned it from Rabbi Yeshua, and we know that Rabbi Akiva taught Rabbi Hanani So the, the question basically was, if the reason why Rabbi Lozeman isn't mentioned is because we don't have evidence of him teaching here, well, ben Chachinai, also we don't have evidence of him teaching anybody. However, what we're basically answering is, yeah, well, he's in the B'Risa in order to provide evidence of the fact that Rabbi Akiva taught somebody, ah. Now that we've gotten to this point of Rebbe Akiva, Rebbe Akiva is going to be our hero. You know, Rebbe Akiva is a, is a personal hero of mine. So part of the reason for that is, I mean, who am I to have a I mean, You know what I'm saying. I'm just, every story we hear of Rebbe Akiva really resonates, put it that way. We're eight lines up from the bottom of Yadaluddin Bays. And we're about to get to the story of Arba Niklasul Parades. There is a book, I have to give some words of introduction, Andrew, in this context for this incredible story. There's a book called As a Driven Leaf. It was written in the 1930s by somebody by the name Milton Steinberg. As a Driven Leaf, written by Milton Steinberg. I think he's a conservative rabbi. He was uh, roundly criticized for writing this book. Chaim Potok writes in the introduction something to the effect of, don't worry, he's gonna go straight to heaven for this book. What was so egregious about the book? He, it's about Acher, correct. The book is about Acher. Who's Acher about to learn? Acher was uh, Rabbi Elisha ben Avuya. Elisha ben Avuya, was one of the four eshenichmes so of the pardes. That's a story we're about to learn now. It's gonna last us about a blot plus, okay? So context. What's this pardes? So people will tell you pshat, remez, drash, and sod, right? We don't really know exactly, but that sounds, right, that some of them farshim explained. They were basically, as we'll see in the Gemaras, bear this out, trying to figure out, right, we just, this is in the context of Rebbe Akiva was able to see Maisa Merkava, right? And so Rabbi Akiva emerges from that book as a driven leaf. He's one of the four. It's Ben Zoma, Ben Azai, Elisha Ben Abuya, and Rabbi Akiva. They're the four that go in. Now, of the four, one goes nuts, one dies right away, one goes off the D, right? Goes off the Derek, that's Elisha Ben Abuya. becomes Acher, and Rabbi Akiva emerges whole. The book goes from the bris meal of Elisha Ben Abuya all the way to... Mayer, his Talmud, his famously the Talmud of both Rabbi Kiva and of Rabbi Elisha ben standing over the charred remains grave, and we'll, we'll, we'll t- tell the story of his grave as well, if we get there, of Elisha ben benavuya And and takes you all the way through. It really actually paints the picture of the Tanakh period. It's like historical fiction, but he brings in all the Gemaras. Why, what am I talking about? Well, in that book, what was egregious, I think, was uh, maybe one is that it break, tries to make the Tanaim relatable. That's one problem, um, which I thought was actually inspiring um, to see to, to, to try to make them alive. And you get the sense of the erudition and the incredible lifestyle of you know Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Kiva brings them to life. Uh, I read this book like about thirty years ago, but it's still kind of like it. Always, I always was inspired by it as opposed to offended by it. The other part of it is it paints Rabbi Elisha ben uh, or at least we have, who we refer to as Acher, we'll see why he was called Acher in a minute as a sympathetic figure. Now, he was Acher. Acher means other. And we'll see why he was called that. But even the name Acher suggested, in a sense, he was a sympathetic figure. This is not, as we will see in the Gemara, somebody who was a Balgaiva or a Baltaiva, right? This isn't somebody who fell off the deck because he, wa- he thought he was great or because he was just a low life. This was somebody who was tortured, and this is clear in the Gemaras. He was tortured by whatever, however you want to define pardes. It basically means like this: It's a basic human conundrum of existence, which is okay. We talk of belief in Hashem. Fine. So I say you say you believe in Hashem. The the fundamental conundrum is we can't even conceptualize what Hashem is. That's difficult indeed, right? We believe in Hashem, but we don't even we can't even conceive of what Hashem is. This is how, this is how Milton Steinberg posits what Pardis ultimately basically means. This is what we're talking about. When we talk about Maes and Merkava, we're talking about touching the infinite in a way, right? Touching things that we can't even conceive and somehow humanly conceiving of them. This is a juke, as we say in Israel, that Alicia Benavuya got in his head, and once he got this juke in his head, he couldn't let it go. He was tortured his whole life. Trying to conceptualize, trying to, to see what Hashem was. And you see, he had respect for the Chachamim. He had respect. He just said, I, I can't, I can't do it. I'm tortured. And he felt like he was a lost cause because he just couldn't conceive of it. As we will see in the ensuing lines, Rabbi Kiva right away knew this was a terrible idea. In other words, the way the book phrases it is, this was Elisha ben Evuya's idea. Ben Zoma ben Azai, Rabbi Kiva went along with him, right? And they tried to, concretize that's how the Rambam explains it, so it's not so far from how the Rambam explains it, they tried to bring some sort of understandable, in in the book it's mathematical, but it doesn't matter, some mathematical, understandable, quantifiable um, way of conceptualizing a creator, of conceptualizing Hashem in ways that human beings can actually wrap their heads around. And Rehkeven's like, this is a terrible idea, this is a matter, of faith, and you're not going to get anywhere because we're human beings and we're limited. But, he kind of went along into the part of this Because he had that attitude, he didn't get caught up in it. So without further ado, and by the way, like I, like I said, the name Acher itself suggests this wasn't the real you, I want to say, right? Now, this wasn't a real him. Uh, Acher, we usually say, like, we say it because it's like he who shall not be named, right? But really, uh, we'll see how he got the name. It wasn't even the real him. Like, in other words, he really was... Uh, Atam he was a member of the Sanhedrin leading up to this episode. And he never really uh, cursed the rabbis so much, except for the fact that he was himself very, very tortured by this idea. It's a cautionary tale, in a sense, not to enter the Pardes, right? Not, not too many people could try to understand Ma'asim HaKavah and the Pardes and emerge whole, as Rabbi Akiva did, but he certainly emerges. He and Rabbi Meir emerge as the heroes of that book, and they are our heroes. Those t- great Tanaim, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Meir. But let's learn the tragic story of Elisha ben life, a cautionary tale. Don't, don't don't overthink it because you're only going to torture yourself. Tanur These are the four Tanaim that went to the partners. Ben Ben Zoma, Kiva. He who was once called Elisha Avuya and came to be known as Acher and Rabbi Akiva. Amalim Rabbi Akiva. This is where you get the idea that Rabbi Akiva thought this is a terrible idea. What's this? What's this? Don't say my mayim. Mishum le'neged anay. There's a passage the of Tehillim that says that you shouldn't, a speaker of lies and a practitioner of deceit shouldn't dwell in my house. What does this mean? This is, so again, the way I, I think that the book gives a good shot, which is he's saying, these are things that you cannot perceive. Don't think, it's not what you think, right? You think you're gonna break down a karshbarho into a fraction, into mathematical concepts, or into some sort of tangible way. You're not gonna do it. You think you're seeing water, you're not. You're seeing marble, right? You're seeing shaish. It's not what you see, it's not what you think. You're basically, he's cautioning them try, don't do this. You will not be able to perceive it, but he saw that Elisha ben couldn't be stopped, Acha couldn't be stopped. So, Allah, I'm sorry. Um, so, but be that as the four attempted it. So, benaz Hates, He's for Amaze, right? So, right away, we already know. We said, anybody, and by the way, it was this past week's Parsha, so it's a Lubliner moment, right? Because uh, you can't blame a human being for wanting to know. Moshe Rabbeinu, Right? Um, after the Chet HaEgel, when he sees that they're going to be forgiven, he says in this past week's parsha, he says, "Hodi Hashem's like, "I don't think so." He says, "Hareini Na'as KvoDecha." That's both in this past week's parsha. Hashem says, uh, "Go in the cleft of the rock; you'll see my back." But bottom line is, it's not happening. Not if he, not even Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, but so Ben Azai, obviously they got pretty deep because when he got to the point, he basically saw it. Right? They're trying to see the deepness of the deep, but as a soul and body separated when that happened. As, in other words, he died, but this is basically what happened, right? His, his neshama and the body see do two different things. The neshama saw the emes, and so the body had to then be shed. Okay? I love a custom of Omer, right? The famous Passover in Tehillim. we say it in Halal, right? It's difficult, so it's, it's, it's interesting what this me, this pasuk really means. The article says said, difficult in the eyes of Hashem is the death of chasidav. Some translated as is, uh, yakar doesn't usually mean difficult. Be that may, uh, it's not for now. The bottom line is, he was a major tzaddik, and, uh, he died. He died as a, as a, as a chassid, as a devout, um, in this attempt. Benzoma hates it's Vinifka. Benzoma lost his mind. He became mentally unstable. too much of a good thing. If you find dvash, right, eat echoldayaka. You should eat it uh in sparingly, because if you eat too much of a good thing, you're gonna vomit. And this was basically the analogy. He had seen too much and basically lost his mind. Okay. So, Acher kitzes the Gemara is going to explain what this means. So, again, we already said Apshat, but Kitsas Benetios, again, uh, in, in the book, um, it says that he was trying to break it down like a fraction. Mean, uh, technically, it means chopping down saplings in the orchard. Right? He's in the part that's trying to, try, trying to break it down like a fact, fraction. We'll see what that means. Uh, the Gemara will discuss a little bit more. In Rabbi Kiva, Yatzab Shalom. Rabbi Kiva emerges Shalem. Right, he emerges whole. Okay, So now, in, uh, we mentioned benzoma and Ben Azai, just so you could see how great these Talmidei Chachamim were. Shalu is Benzoma, Maul is Saruse Just as a halachic story, they asked if you could neuter a dog. So he says no. It says that an animal, right, who who's basically fixed, right, there's a pasuk in Chumash in Vayikra. You can't bring into your land, which means, what was the kasha? was the terets? Rashi says, Rashi explains that really the cirrus, the source of that um, halacha that you can't neuter an animal is in karbanos. And, and a caliph is so removed from karbanos, why? Because you can't even buy a karban with. With uh, money that you got, what's Khalifa? What's called Khalifa? Money that you got from selling a dog. So the dog is so is kept away so far from a carbon that maybe this serious issue would not even apply to a, a dog. Um, it's not for now, but this is a, sh- a halachic shila that I have asked in the past. Um, and the bottom line is, there is a issur to to uh, neuter animals. Um, Certainly, uh, before all on your right, and um, and it does apply to dogs, as been as been Zoma explained, which means not just animals that are fit for korbanos, but all animals. Okay, now Shaluz Ben Zoma, what about uh, don't get Bermam started on this? But what if you had a Basula get pregnant? Well, we know that a Cohen is only allowed to a Cohen Gadol is only allowed to marry Basula. What if she happens to be with child? Whoa, well, how did that happen? So mi to Shmuel, are we going to be concerned. Apparently, Shmuel had said that uh, just because somebody is pregnant, um, it does not necessarily mean that they're not a besula, we'll leave it alone as far as whether that can even happen. So, are we concerned about that or deal with the Shmuel In other words, or can we assume that if she's pregnant that she's not a Besul anymore? That's not something that's common. It would be more likely that she became impregnated by somehow bathing in a bathtub right, that was able to impreg- impregnate her. Really? Yeah, but we thought Shmuel, the very Shmuel who said that he can. Um, that he, that he thinks a woman could be pregnant when she's a basula will have to tell you that, that that could not happen in a bathtub. It would have to be, right, like an arrow. So he said, me, nami, yori, He says, yeah, that just means when it's originally, um, gets into, get, right, gets into the bathwater. But it doesn't mean dafka in the act of bia. Okay. So another story involving Ben Zoma. He saw, right, He was standing on a step on the Harbais. And so Benzoma was much younger than him, but he didn't stand up for him. That's wild. So I'm a low. So Rabbi Shua says to Ben Zoma, Ben Zoma. Where, where, where are you? Are you, are you, are you there? Is anybody home? Right? He seemed like he was spacing in the chips. Ben Zoma was spacing out. So, I'm, low. I'm surveying the space between the upper and the lower waters. And I only see three atzbahs between them. We see that Hashem hovered on the, on the surface of the water. But it hovers closely hovers closely, like three yetzbos, like a young dove, it's hovering, it's like very close to the nest, even, though not quite touching it. So, I'm like Shua ben so, Rabbi Shua So, Rabbi later told his Tamidim, adain ben zom bechutz. Wow. he's still a little bit out of it, um, right, sort of like, um, literally and figuratively. Why? Because Mechti, virochal kimechetzapneumnaim, emas havai. Where was this idea, right, in, in Breishis where the Ruach of Hashem is hovering that's the first day yeah but that first day of creation preceded the second day of creation where the actual separation was so you can't use that as an example of where the waters were right relative to each other subsequent to that so that, that's a flawed argument to, to relate from one to the other as we famously know in right Barishas. okay Bechama. So now the Gemara wants to say, well, right, the Gemara is painting Benzoma as somebody who's prone to these esoteric thoughts, to get lost in thought and to sort of like wander. We, we've, we've, we've seen these, uh, this type, and so right, and, and, and so it's consistent that it was kind of like he lost his mind from, he went over the deep end over the pardes thing. Anyway, by the way, how much is the distance between the upper and the lower? Bechama, Amar, Bacha, Briakov, Kimlo Nima. Like a hair's breadth, like uh, one plank of the bridge next to the other, like two garments spread on another, like two cups stuck inside the other. Well, in all these cases, they're very close together indeed. They're like stuck together. Okay. So now let's get down deep into the story of Lisha ben Avuya uh, of Acher. Let's start with the parades. Back to the parades. So, as we said, Acher Kitsis binatios, right? He was chopping down saplings. What does that mean? Don't let your mouth bring guilt to you. Okay? Um, so, my, my he. W- w- what exactly happened? Well, Chazam Mitatron, okay. So, Metatron, um, or he saw an angel. Now, again, the, the, the Rambam's shot is over here, very similar to the way, as a driven leaf has it, which is, he saw some sort of, he was looking, okay, we'll say, for a physical manifestation of Hashem. And an angel is something in between, right, in a sense. So he was looking for a physical manifestation. This was really where the problem began. So he sees this physical manifestation of Hashem. This Yavale Rashuse Lamesav Lamichtav Zachvas Yisrael. He's given permission to sit. To record the schusim of Omar. So, says to him, Gemira, we have, that there is no what? Ah, bless you. That above, meaning, right, Hashem is incorporeal, right? There's no such thing as sitting, no competition, you don't see the back of anybody's head, you don't see, nobody gets tired, meaning, he sees an angel sitting. He said that's a corporeal thing why are you sitting i thought that there's no sitting there's no nothing maybe people think oh there's two issues here's here is hashem and here's this metatron and that is incongruous in other words he's probing the depths and he was shown this physical vision he's getting close but it's confusing him he's saying this can't be so Abkul mitatron, they took mitatron out. Who's they? The, so from behind the partition, now they're showing him umchayu shitin pulse dunura, and inflicted on, 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 on him sixty blows of fire. Again, we can't pretend to understand exactly what this means, but the shot of the Rambam the shot here is: there's something physical going on in Elisha ben Avuyah's or Acher's attempt to perceive Hashem? Okay, my time. So they said to him, meaning the ministering angels uh, behind the curtain, they said to Metatron, "Why did you not stand? In other words, why did you sit? Why did you not stand when you saw him?" So Metatron was then given permission to erase all of Acher's Acher. That somehow was going to be right. That, that somehow was going to be the answer to take away all his chuyas. Remember, he he had been a a member of the Sanhedrin, he was a Rebbe, of Rebbe Meir, and so now they're erasing his chuyas. Everyone has the ability to do tshuva, the famous Pasuk, but Acher is a lost cause. Baskel said that. Now in Somchem Baskol, but this was very discouraging. Acher at this point became completely, completely dejected. In other words, again, uh, uh, one could argue, he was attempting to con- perceive something that he couldn't. And in that attempt, he became re- so dejected that he felt like a hopeless cause. And in fact, the Bosco came out and said, that's it. So, Wow, as some people tragically do, once they feel de- rejected, by society, rejected by the yeshiva, rejected by the parents or whoever it is, he said, "Well, now that I was banished from Yahu Alma, from Olam Alma, let's get down and busy with Olam At least I'll, I'll live this right, a self-indulgent lifestyle because that's all I got left." Nafak He goes into the bad neighborhoods and starts nafak Ashkach Tava. He finds a Zayna and he's. Asking for her services in Amalai. And she said to him, She recognized the great son Edrin. Rab- aren't you the rabbi? Pugla so, what do you do? He uprooted a radish from the ground on Shabbos, and he said, Look, this is where I am. She said, This is certainly not the rabbi. This is somebody else. Indeed, he was somebody else. He was out of his gourd. Right? He was not uh, himself in the moment. Okay. So now, story time. So now, once he went off the D, Acher was once asking Remeir, and and Amarle Ravach asked Remeir, Hashem made all of us like the other. This is the pasuk in Kohelas. So Amarlo, call That everything Hashem created, is something else corresponding. Like Barah Harim, Barah Gvas, mountains have hills. Bar Yamin, Bar Naharos. But seas have rivers. So Acher is engaging in a, in a discourse with uh, Rebbe Meir, his former Talmud, you could say, or still his Talmud, it seems. And he says, Rebbe Kiva, you're Rebbe. Right now he has a new Rebbe. He's in the new Sheer. Now that Acher is not a Rebbe anymore in the Yeshiva. And, and he says, you're Rebbe, Rebbe Kiva, didn't say that. We see in this Gemara, right, the internal conflict that Acher still had. Hashem created Sadiqim and Rishaim. Bar Ganed and Bar Gehenim. He created heaven and Gehenim. Wow, if we could only pick this Gemara apart and really understand the depths. Everybody has within them good and bad. Do you see the internal, right, tortured soul of Acher? Everybody has the good and bad. When you have a tzaddik get tzchus, then he takes his portion and his chavir's portion in Ganeden. Itchai Russia, and when a wicked person becomes guilty, he takes his portion and his chaver's portion in Ganeden. What is he saying? He's saying we're all kind of like given Bechira. We have our tipping point. And then tzaddikim will, you know, if you lean towards Tsitkus. Then you're gonna get all the schar, even your friend's schar. If you lead Khalil in the other way, Akhir is saying, I'm getting all of Gehen- everyone else's Gehenim. Amir of Misharshay, my kra. What was the source of this? It says, Gabi tzadikim ksev, lochain barat Mishne Yershu. Because it says, by tzadikim, they're gonna inherit, right? Mishne Yershu. A double portion. Oh. Gabi yershuim ksev, Mishne Shibar and Shavram. And by the Rishayim it also says, they're gonna have double devastation. So, there was actual scriptural sources to what Rabbi Kiva taught, and this is what Acher is relating back to his Talmud, Rabbi Meir. Okay. Another dialogue. Right, so Acher is asking, what does it mean that a wisdom, mankind doesn't know it's worth, you can't even explain it, you can't compare it to even gold. So Amrulo. That's divret Torah, that are as difficult to acquire as gold. And they're as fragile as glass. So, that's not what your Rebbe said. Right? You can fix gold and glass even when they break. Af Tamil Khacham af Bishasar Heshot Kana. And a Tam Khacham, even if he has right, uh right, ha, goes sour a little bit, he can always do, uh, do the tikkun of chuva. So Amalow. So the mayor's like, Really? Afa tahazabakh Rabbi, You could also do chuva. I'm alo, kwashemati machare pagdo, dude, I am a lost cause. Because I had heard the bascal saying Shuva Banim Shovavim Chutzmeachher. Right? I'm dejected by this announcement. Of the Baskol that I am an exception. I am a lost cause. <coughs> Further story. Tanur Banim. sus Amazing. There he's riding on a sus on Shabbos by Rabbi Mahal matar The devotion of Rabbi Meir to his former Rebbe. Right, he wants to be makar of his Rebbe. He's learning still from his Rebbe. The Gemara asks how he can do so. And they're walking on Shabbos. Amar lo, amazing. At a certain point, Achar says to Rabbi Meir, Meir, l'charecha, susi Ad kan tchum Shabbos. I've been counting, and we're at the tchum. So I can go beyond the tchum because I'm already off the D, but you cannot go beyond the tchum, my Talmud. Lo, afatah so you're talking about the tchum, you know you're respecting the tchum, so why don't you go back, right? Tarti mashma, go back and come back for tshuva. Wow, he said, yeah, but did, I already told you that the Baskol says that I'm a lost cause and that's why, so, guess what? mayor just couldn't handle it. What's happening? And like, he, like he sees that, he sees the Pintelayid, right? He sees that he's this tortured soul, so he grabs him and brings him into base Medrash. Amalelayinukah. He says he goes in front of a shul and says, Psokli psukha. He says, Messiak Bifitumab, right? He's doing the old trick. Tell a child to say any pasuk, and whatever pasuk they say, that is an omen. What does the child say? Amalo ain't shalom, amar ashem Larshaim. Hashem said to the wicked, There is no peace. Uh oh. Not good. Isaiah. So he takes it to the other shul. Psokli Psukha, Kim Boris. Even if you wash wash yourself with soap, you'll never be able to wash out your sins. Oh, terrible. These are all terrible omens. I He brings up a different shul. as we turn to Tetsuabes, Li Amrale Soklip Sukha, Oh, you plundered me. What are we going to do? Shani, even if you wear scarlet and gold, even if you paint your eyes with mascara, La You'll be beautifying yourself in vain. It's not going to work. Yirmiyo talking about yeah, you can't right polish up this this piece of garbage. He takes him another shul. So he takes him to all thirteen shuls in town. Goes to a, a youth. Every single pasuk. Terrible omens all the way. Obviously symbolism here. Thirteen right uh, attributes of, right, mercy, it's not happening. Every one of, the, of these youths was telling him a Pasuk along these lines of you're hopeless, your sin can't be washed out, Acher. The vasser Amalei, so the last boy, Acher says, here, it's interestingly Acher saying it. Amalei, so the boy says, Chukai. Hashem says to the Rasha, how do you, to, to what purpose, why are you even learning? Why are you, Ahu Yenuka have bilishne? Okay, so he's telling him this to Tehillim. But it's worse. It's worse. He's saying Ularasha Amaralokim, but he was like, he had a speech impediment, this particular child. And when he said Ularasha Amaralokim, Ishtama Kamo the Amarle, it didn't sound like Ularasha Amaralokim. It sounded like Ule Elisha Amaralokim. Like as if he's saying it straight to Elisha. Wow. Straight shot to the heart. Ika Amri, Sakina So some say that at this point, Acher was so right dejected that he like dismembered the kid and sent him to the 13 shuls like he was like if we forgive or something that he just said I wish I had a knife in my hand I would rip into this kid anyway let's finish with Acher's death and aftermath when he died we can't do Gehenna against him? And we can't bring him to the world to come. This was a great member of the Sanhedrin. But on the other hand, he sinned. You know what? Let the heavenly court do the judgment, and eventually he'll enter. A, better that he goes to Gehenna first. They'll clean him up and send him to heaven. When I die, I'm going to raise smoke from his grave. He's gonna enter Gehenam. And sure enough, Kinahnaf Shir Mayor, the mayor passed away, solid Kutra Mikiva de Akher, pillar of smoke rose from Akhar's grave, Amr of Yokohran, Gwurt Mikla Rabe, Khavinyana Velomatina Latzulay, Inakte biyad, Man Mura Man. So so basically, Rabbi Yochanan said, I'm going to bring him to, bring Acher to heaven. Sure enough, when he died, it sounds like Rabbi Yochanan pulled it off because that pillar of smoke that he he emanated from the Kever of, right, Acher's grave since the passing of Rabbi Meir actually stopped. And to that they said, that Rabbi Yochanan must have brought him from Gehenim to heaven. And they said, when they were mastered Rabbi Yochanan, that he even was able to withdraw Acher from Gehanim and bring him to heaven.